For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. I want to talk tonight about uh, Sangha and the Temple Pillars. But before I start on the Dharma talk, I just want to dedicate our practice tonight to the people in Ukraine and to the people in Russia, including the people who are protesting and getting arrested. Uh, the last number I heard was 3,000, but there's probably many more than that, risking 15 years in jail. And to the people in Europe uh, facing uh, warfare and mass refugees. So um, may peace, may, every, may all beings live in peace. So uh, the temple pillars, I wanted to talk about this because uh, one of our two rooms, the room in Ebenezer, uh, one of its prominent features is that there are, along the long wall by the windows, there are large black temple pillars. And temple pillars are important in Zen. And uh, so for the people who haven't been in the Ebenezer room who are on Zoom now, um, it's a very long room. You can see some of the people. One side is wall. The other side is windows. But between the seats and the windows every while, once in a while is a, is a, is a pillar. So I'm going to read a t- talk, uh, one of the last talks from Dogen's extensive record from Ehe Dogen, who was the founder of our branch of Zen, what's called Soto Zen, who brought it from China to Japan in the 1300s. This is a, a talk at his temple, the temple he founded at Heiji in 1252. And it's a short talk, but given time, I'm not sure how I'll, I'll, I'm going to just focus on the first sentence, but I'll, maybe I'll say a little more. So this is it, what Dogen said. Body and mind dropped off is the beginning of our effort. But when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, how do we discern their absence, the absence of body and mind? And I'll say a little more. The thick cloud, really, I just want to talk about that first sentence, but he goes on. The thick cloud matting spread over the mountain peaks is still, and above the heights, the round moon shines in all directions. It stands alone, eminent, not relying on anything. The lofty Buddha body does not fall into various kinds. Therefore, an ancient worthy said, the sage empties out his heart. The 10,000 things are nothing other than my own production. Only a sage can understand the 10,000 things and make them into oneself. At this very moment, how is it? Do you want to understand this clearly? After a pause, Dogen said, the moon pause, moves following the boat with the ocean vast. Spring turns following the sun with the sunflowers red. So maybe in the discussion we'll get to some of the rest of it, but um, I think it's maybe enough just to focus on body and mind dropped off is the beginning of our effort, which is pretty funny, actually. I'll come back to that. But when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, how do we start to discern their absence, the absence of body mind. So, uh, this is this uh, talk is dedicated to the temple pillars in our Ebenezer room. Um, 
uh, there's a uh, story about the great master Yunmen from the ninth century, one of the founders of one of the five houses of Chan. A monk asked Yunmen, what is the meaning of Buddha Dharma? This is the basic question. Uh, sometimes they ask, what's the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West? Or they say it some other way. But really, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma? That's, or what is Buddha is another way of saying it. And that's our basic question. That's what we sit with. What is the teaching of Buddha? What is the reality of awakening here now? Uh, <clears throat> so the monk asked Yunmen, what is the meaning of Buddha Dharma? This is the kind of question that is so blatant that um, uh, it's um, it's almost embarrassing for anyone to ask so directly. Anyway, Yunmen said, go ask the temple pillars. So the temple pillars that are Ebenezer Zendo uh, are, you know, it's a brand new Zendo. We've only been in there um, a couple times before this. And uh, so they're they're young. They're too. They're maybe they're too young to get pregnant. You know, they're just infants. These temple pillars, and yet in a temple uh, like Aheji or uh, or uh, uh, Green Gulch Farm or Tassajara or our old temple at Irving Park Road, well, we didn't exactly have pillars. I don't think. But uh, anyway, maybe the temple walls. But yeah. Ask the temple pillars, what is the meaning of the Buddha's teaching? So uh, the way that the uh, camera said, I can't see any of the temple pillars now, but those of you at Ebenezer can see them. Um, And they have something to say. And uh, the temple pillars in old temples have been listening to Dharma talks and sitting together with uh, bodhisattva students sitting upright, these temple pillars, uh, for a long time, sometimes. Eheji is still there. Dogen was was uh, founded it in, in the 1200s. Uh, so Yuan um, Men said, go ask the temple pillars. Uh, and Dogen here is talking about... Um, when it, when the temple when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, how do we discern, discern the dropping of body and mind? So, um, this practice is not abstract or theoretical. So, the people who've been yearning to sit together in person and who are sitting in Ebenezer now know this, uh, and that this is a physical practice. And the temple pillars sit with the people who are sitting. And the temple pillars know something in some way. So what is it? what happens when a, pregnant, a, te- a temple pillar becomes pregnant and is ready to burst forth with uh, the Buddha Dharma and share it with, the, with all the other pillars and upright sitters in the room? So uh, one of the things that I like most about the Ebenezer Zendo is that uh, it has these temple pillars. But I want to say also that um, 
on in our Zoom Sendo in some way. I think there are temple pillars. We've been sitting like this just on on Zoom online for two years. And now we have this strange situation, which we talked about yesterday. We had a Sangha meeting yesterday morning that some of you were at. And um, yeah, the temp, the, the uh, it's a funny situation because it feels like we're sitting in two different places. But there are temporal, temple pillars on Zoom. They're maybe harder to see. Uh, maybe they're the lines between the boxes, or maybe they're the lines within the boxes. But there's something physical that happens, even on Zoom. And now we have this challenge as a Sangha. How do we sit together in both rooms? And, you know, people are concerned that the, the... uh, people at the Ebenezer Zendo can't see all the people in the Zoom Zendo, and the people in the Zoom room can't see all the people in the Ebenezer room. But actually, that's the way it always has been. In uh, At Irving Park Road, which some of you attended our old Zendo way back in the old days, um, you know, if you're sitting along one row, you can't see the people in the same row a few couple, a few seats down. and you can see the people across the Zendo, but maybe not not as well as we can see each other on Zoom. So in some ways, Zoom has spoiled us. You know, we we, we are face-to-face uh, on Zoom in, in a way that we can't be actually at the Ebenezer Zendo. And that's okay. So we are working within different kinds. We are working in, a, in a, a various situations. But in all these situations... We should ask the temple pillars. We should see what it's like when the temple pillars become pregnant. And that may take a while in our Ebenezer Zendo. Uh, and uh, eventually we will have a, uh, a larger full-time temple building. But I think it's good that we have pillars in the, in the Ebenezer building to look up to. And, of course, there are many Sangha pillars. And I'm grateful to all the people who are at Ebenezer. And, um, yeah, so here we are. And it's not, again, it's about listening to the temple pillars. It's about listening to the space in the room. It's about listening to the space between the seats. It's about listening to, uh, this is, it's more, maybe more difficult on Zoom, but listening to the space between your square and the person's the person next to yours in their square, and actually, it's funny because all of you on Zoom see a different configuration. Um, I always see myself in the top left, but maybe, but other people don't see me there, and and you probably see each other in different ways. So, uh, it's a moving situation. So, how do we learn about? Dropping body and mind from the temple pillars. Again, it's not about some analysis, although it's okay to do that, you know, if you're, you know, want to study the Buddha Dharma. But the point is to bring you back to the temple pillars. How do we experience the physical reality of sitting upright, inhaling and exhaling? 
And then this thing about dropping body and mind. So going back to Dogen's text, he says this very unusual thing. Um, the beginning of this text, if I can find it again. Yeah. Uh, so he says, body and mind dropped off is the beginning of our effort. But when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, how do we discern their absence? How do we discern the letting go of body and mind? So will we sit at Ebenezer long enough for some of the pillars there to become pregnant? I don't know. But this dropping body and mind in Japan is an important term in Zen. In, in Japanese, or Sino-Japanese, it's Shinjin Datsuraku. Literally, body, mind, fallen off or dropped off. Um, this is a very important term for Dogen. He, he talks about it. He mentions it many, 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 many times. More often than he talks about Shikantaza, just sitting. Uh, and this term, Shinjin Datsuraku, uh, is for Dogen a synonym with, for Zazen. Zazen is just dropping off body and mind, letting go. Not getting rid of, but letting go of thoughts, feelings, physical sensations. Doesn't mean we, we repress them or, or didn't ignore them, but just not being caught by body-mind. By the thoughts and feelings and physical sensations that arise as we sit upright, like the temple pillars. So the temple pillars are like Buddhas sitting for us, showing us what it's like to be upright. And Shinjin uh, Datsuraku is Dogen's term for Zazen. It's also Dogen's term for Anatara Samyak Sambodhi, complete perfect awakening. So to let go, to drop off body-mind is, I hate to say the goal, <laughs> it's the purpose and meaning of Buddha Dharma. It's the meaning of this practice that we do in, in Dogen's tradition. Uh, and then he, Dogen, in the rest of the talk, ha, has these poetic expressions about how this works in nature. This is not, um, again, this is not some abstract philosophical proposition. This is not some theoretical idea. This is uh, the reality of the subtle art of letting go. That is one of the ways to talk about the heart of Zazen. And, it's, and when we drop off body-mind, it doesn't mean that we, get, we mutilate our body or that we, um, or that we you know, try and get rid of all the thoughts and feelings, but just to let it go, like the temple pillars do. And when we let it all go, when the bottom of the bucket falls out, another expression, that, and, and when we just sit upright, inhaling and exhaling, enjoying our breath, facing the wall, or I guess the people at Ebenezer who are on the window said, are you facing out the window or is the window higher? Anyway, I'm going to find out. I'll be there this Sunday. Um, how is it? How is it to just sit, letting go of 
sensation, physical sensations and are not being caught by physical sensations or all the thoughts and feelings that arise naturally in this upright sitting. So how do we learn from the temple pillars? How do we create the Buddha body on our own seat? So it's not about um, creating some theoretical Buddha mind. It's this Buddha body. The Buddha work is to create the body of Buddha in our own, in, as our own body. Each of us has our own way, our own particular expression of the whole, of the Buddha body. So, um, how do we appreciate our particular, it's not about everything becoming merged into one thing. It's all, it's about how together sitting in our Ebenezer Zoom Zendo, (laughs) sitting in our um, multifaceted situation, we all come together and um, each one of us can let go of body-mind, drop off body-mind. This is what's actually happening in Zazen. And so our practice is not to, uh, not to figure something out, not to reach some state of uh, higher being or some exalted mental state but to just be fully here as we is, each one of us. So, um, again, there's much more to say about all of this. There's the whole... uh, Digging into the the aspect of relationship, we are all deeply interconnected in this um, quality of dropping body and mind. We each actually have awareness when we drop body and mind. It doesn't again; it's not getting rid of thoughts and feelings, but and it's not uh, vacancy or numbness. It's fully being present without being caught by all our ancient twisted karma without ignoring our ancient twisted karma. So um, I could talk a lot more about some of the rest of the things in that in Dogen's talk that I just quoted, but um, or maybe I'll just read it again and see what, if something else comes up. So body and mind dropped off is the beginning of our effort. And that's, you know, Kind of funny because sometimes people think of Shinjin Datsuraku as the culmination, the goal, the great awakening, and it is. But it's just the beginning of our effort, Dogen says. But when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, how do we discern this absence? So we should pay attention to the temple pillars. We should pay attention to the temple pillars along the window at Ebenezer and the temple pillars in the seats near us, on the seats near us, on our own seat. 
The thick cloud matting spread over the mountain peaks is still. And above the heights, the round moon of awakening shines in all directions. It stands alone, eminent, not relying on anything. The lofty Buddha body does not fall into various kinds. So, in some sense, there is just one Buddha body, the Dharmakaya, that includes all of us. So, an ancient worthy said, The sage empties out his heart. The 10,000 things are nothing other than my own production. Only a sage can understand the 10,000 things and make them into oneself. How do we see that everything is right here? On your seat, in the Ebenezer room, in our Zoom Zendo. At this very moment, how is it? And then Dogen, you know, uh, yeah, sometimes he's kind of tricky. He, he said, after talking about um, the, the temple pillars understanding, he says to us, Students, do you want to understand this clearly? And often in Dogen's extensive record, after the end of such a, a short talk like this, he will, there will be a pause. Do you want to understand this clearly? Then Dogen said, the moon moves following the boat with the ocean vast. Spring turns following the sun with the sunflowers red. So that's how it is. And the temple pillars witness all of it. And uh, here we are. So questions, comments, responses. Um, yes, Ken, hi. Yes. Dogen says that the dropping off of body and mind is the beginning of our effort, which yeah. sort of begs the question, and I think I know the answer, but what is the rest of our effort? Yes, this is the rest of our effort. <laughs> the rest of our effort is just continuing to show up. So this practice is, you know, some people think of of Zen or Buddhism or spiritual practice as something you do until you reach some wonderful higher state or something, and there's some goal to to achieve. But really, this is just a way of life. So dropping body-mind is the beginning of our effort. Of course, the dropping of body-mind can open and flower and develop over time. So the most important thing, in a way, is to just keep showing up, to keep coming back to Zazen, to keep facing the wall and ourselves and our world and breathe into it and breathe out into it um, and just keep doing this day after day. And then we get up and go out into our world. And how do we share or express this wonderful situation of the temple pillars? And there's not one right way to do that. So it's the beginning of our effort and it's the beginning of our effort every day. And it's, there's a word bodhicitta in, in uh, Sanskrit, which means uh, the mind of awakening. And it's, it sometimes refers to the, the first thought or inspiration towards uh, spiritual practice or towards sitting, towards uh, doing this practice. 
And right in that first inspiration, um, it, there is dropping body mind somewhere there. And we don't necessarily realize it or see it or feel it. But as we sustain this practice, as we find the sustainable effort, uh, it uh, can open and flower and develop. And, and, uh, and the point is to enjoy our practice, to play in our practice, to enjoy our inhale and exhale, but continue just to show up and allow it to, to open. Follow-up question, Ken? No? Okay. Nyozan, hi. Hi. Um, just uh, following up on uh, Ken's question and your comment, um, and I, you more or less said this, but I, I'm just going to spell it out a bit more. Um, you know, there is this idea of bodhicitta as being sort of this initial flash um, of awareness that you, in fact, can live your life differently. Um, you can address yourself to the project of awakening. But there's this whole other way of talking about bodhicitta in which the entirety of the Buddhist path is given in that moment. Um, you know, so, so it's, it, you know, I think there are many questions that could continue to be asked about it, but, but as in, um, as in this first line by Dogen, it is the beginning, but it's also, um, you know, there's a lot more to do. You could even, I, not to labor the point, you know, I, but as I say this, I'm reminded again of uh, Suzuki Roshi's, uh, you know, and again, there's a kind of a structural parallel. You know, you're perfect as you are, and you've got this whole life ahead of you. So that's yep. it. Good. Yes. So, you know, the, the thing about the temple pillars becoming pregnant, you know, we sit upright and still. And aware. Without, you know, running after the thoughts or feelings, just, you know, here they are. Um, but it's like, uh, there, there are many phrases like this in Zen. When the wooden man begins to sing, the stone woman gets up to dance. It says in our song, our school song of the Jewel Mare Samadhi. Uh, or uh, the old saying about a dragon howling in a withered tree. So in this stillness, in this settling that we do, and, you know, if you need to, so I say, you know, for people uh, at the Ebenezer's end of sitting together physically in a way that we're not exactly doing in Zoom, um, if you need to change your leg position in the middle of a period, that's fine. And I think that's Michael, who I see with his knees up. I don't know, maybe it's somebody else. but. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, we, we, uh, it's not about, um, self-flagellation or something like that, but this, uh, this stillness that the temple pillars show us uh, allows something to happen. Something germinates, something is pregnant, something comes to life out of stillness. So Phyllis has to leave. Uh, I, I missed her, but uh, I was glad that she was here. Um, 
So other comments or responses? Anybody at Ebenezer? Take them a turn. Wade, can you call? Uh, somebody's raising their hands. Uh, who other? Oh, go ahead. Yes. Um, so one thing that presents. I'm sorry. Who is, who is this? This is Mike uh, Greenker. Um, okay, one good. Of, one of three. <laughs> and, uh, we, yeah, we got a lot of mics these days. Yeah, I, I need to, I need to take uh, Jukai so I can have a Dharma name. Um, one thing that presents is <laughs> when a temple pillar becomes pregnant, what would it be pregnant with? And I think if we're being strict taxonomists, the only thing a temple pillar can be pregnant with is another temple pillar. So there's a sense in which the pillars at Ehaiji are ancestors of these pillars. In that yes. a lineage and these pillars in turn may be the ancestors of future pillars, future spaces where people sit. So that's well, I like your for the first version of that, when the temple pr- pillars become pregnant, they, they give birth to more temple pillars. So maybe our Zendo will get bigger and bigger. But anyway, um, yeah, so these, these are metaphors, you know, um, and uh, yeah, these, one of the things that happens is that when we actually settle into this space of stillness and allow it, allow things to come forth, um, it's encouraging to others and to ourselves. It's, uh, you know, I said what comes to mind is Tom Sawyer painting a fence and, and, and it, enjoying it so much that it gets everybody else to help him. You know, it's like we do this together. So this is this, so I want so this is about Sangha, this this uh, story of the temple pillars. How do we, uh, as to each of us as temple pillars, in our own way, uh, spread this awareness? So it's not enough to just have the idea of this. this I want to just emphasize this this aspect of it. He's talking about the temple pillars becoming pregnant. It's not about figuring out something or having some fancy experience. It's just that we keep sitting and support each other. So this is, this is in a way about Sangha activity. And, you know, we, th- there was discussion in the meeting yesterday about the challenges and difficulties and, of some people being on Zoom and some people being at Ebenezer and so forth. Uh, I think it's it is a challenge, but I think it's wonderful that we have this multifaceted um, sangha event, and that both are important. And that uh, I want to see how Ebenezer can support Zoom, and how Zoom can support Ebenezer, and vice versa. So, other comments or questions? Anybody else at Ebenezer? No other comments? Anybody at uh, on Zoom? 
Matt from Minnesota, did you did you have any comment? Yeah, I do, Tag, and I was just going to click raise hand. I'm on my phone tonight because Minneapolis teachers are on strike and I can't use my computer. That's work property. So I'm going to have to set my computer aside until that's settled. Yeah. So they said, don't use any of that technology. You know, I've heard the pillar analogy before. You know, you kind of just said the word support. You know, pillars support the Zendo. They support the meditators. They support the Sangha. And also pillars are behind the scenes. You know, they're not really talking. A lot of times they're forgotten. And, you know, the more I practice, I love this idea of Dogen's idea of no trace and really doing your work and not, you know, making a big old mess behind yourself. You know, you can help the world, but in some ways it's almost more liberating to just kind of go through the world and, you know, not have to be noticed all the time. And that's kind of what I think about with the pillars. So thank you for your talk. Yeah, the pillars, they all look alike. The pillars at Ebenezer, they're all black and rectangular and solid looking. The pillars on the cushions at Ebenezer and in the Zoom room, you know, we all look a little different. (laughs) I mean, only a little, still eyes horizontal, nose vertical, but here we are. So thank you, Matt. Yes, and good luck with your strike. I don't know if uh, Bo or Alex Bernstein is at Ebenezer today. Today, Bo was there yesterday, but um, we have some school some school teachers here in our sangha too. And uh, this uh, it's really you know along with the war in Ukraine, you know, there's a lot of things to consider in this world, and one of them is how teachers, one of the most essential, uh, you know, w- livelihoods possible especially grade school and high school teach. We have college teachers here too, but um, are amongst the worst treated and essential workers in our society are amongst the worst treated in terms of pay and any. So good luck on your strike, Matt. Um, Thank you. So maybe it's time to close, but you're welcome. Uh, Any, and keep me posted on that. You can email me. Any uh, any other comments? Somebody else has their hand there at Ebenezer. Hi, Sagan. It's Dylan. Who's um, that? It's Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Um, uh, yeah, Hi. I think. Thank you for the talk. I it's making me think about um, uh, objects or beings that that could be pillars in the future. Um, that. Or maybe the Flower Ornament Sutra would say that they will most definitely be pillars in the future. Um, you know, that any any given body, object, um, being uh, could, could be a pillar, if not now, later on. Or depending on how you're thinking about it, maybe it's a pillar now. Like, I'm thinking about... Um, the the table that um my uh for my altar at home like when i got it off craigslist i asked the guy who i bought it from uh because it's a beautiful table and i asked him what it what it was like what he was using it for why he was selling it and he just said oh it's been just you know sitting here in this room and we've just been putting the mail on it for the past couple of years and you know and we sold it sold it for like 15 dollars you know and uh and i just felt like this table 
was, you know, had, had this new life ahead of it of being an altar, you know, uh, being a pillar. Um, so yeah, just, just this, uh, this thought that any, anything, if it's not a pillar now, it, it, it could be at, at, um, at a different time. Or maybe it wasn't a distant past. Right. Yeah. Your, ta- your table was a tree that nourished being surrounded in the forest. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, this is uh, an important part of our teaching. Dogen also uh, presents the Sutra of Mountains and Waters and talks about the mountains moving and the waters uh, supporting life anyway. Yes, so to see the whole of our environment, the whole of our world, of course, including other people, even, you know, people in Russia or Ukraine or wherever, in Yemen, as, as uh, temple pillars, but also to see the uh, cushions and chairs and pillars and bells and, and uh, everything, everything in our world as supports so that we actually, it's not enough to just have some idea of this or know about it. We have to, you know, put it into practice. Dogen talks about practice realization. We have to actually make it real. So thank you, Dylan.